0: Hello and welcome to Psychological Safety in Teams podcast series with me, your host, Sheila Werry, in which we hear insights and tips from leaders on how they and the teams they're a part of are creating a psychologically safe and high-performing environment. It is my aim to illuminate ways for you to increase your own levels of psychological safety in teams and how you can set up the conditions for others to do the same. I hope you enjoy the discussions. Hello and welcome. I am delighted to have with me today, Peter Blood. Peter is the current acting director of the Compulsory Drug Treatment Correctional Centre in New South Wales, Australia. She's had a diverse career in the New South Wales Public Service, working in the Department of Communities and Justice in several managerial roles. She is experienced in managing change initiatives and in developing high-performing teams. And prior to this, Peter was a serving police officer before operating her own training and consulting business, assisting organisations to develop effective cultures. She has a Master's in Applied Social Science and is committed to lifelong learning. And having worked with Peter for a few years now, I would say she is a master in building and leading high-performing teams. So I'm delighted to have you with me today on the podcast, Peter. Welcome. Thank you, Sheila. And Pete, in this series, I'm turning the attention specifically to how do you build psychological safety with your stakeholders, which is, in my mind, just uh, so fundamental to getting good outcomes. And so I'd love to start today, Pete, by asking you, do you work to intentionally build psychological safety with your stakeholders, both internal and external? And if you do, um, you know, why? Why would you say it's important? Yeah,
1: thanks, Sheila. I I think when we look at this, it has to actually start with the immediate um, stakeholders that we have an influence over. So for me, in order to develop psychological safety with external stakeholders or even broader internal stakeholders, um, there has to be credibility with the people that I work with, first and foremost. They have to feel safe in their jobs and they have to know what their their role and function is. Um, So my viewpoint with this, if you've got a team who know what they're doing, who know what their key, their core responsibility is to the client group that they have an influence over, then you can start having conversations with your stakeholders. If you don't have that credibility and um, I guess if if your team are not performing with their core function, um, then you lose credibility with your stakeholders really quickly. So that's that's my starting place is actually with that sphere of influence and then building out. But also within that, as I have the conversations with stakeholders, it's about an honest conversation about what's working, not working for the stakeholder, Um, expectation that stakeholders might have about the intersection of the work that we do together. And I think part of that safety comes with, I, I think, an understanding that you're willing to look at what's not working and you're willing to make improvements to that area of work but that that's certainly what comes first and foremost for me as I work with stakeholders and
0: as you think about that Pete as you as you start to focus in those areas and turn your attention to stakeholders in that way is there anything in particular any key elements that you keep in mind as you start to open up those uh, those conversations and the dialogue
1: Yeah, and I think starting starting in yet another new area where I've got a new group of stakeholders, um, the first thing that I'm looking at is is essentially what is that stakeholder um, interested in? What's the most important thing to them? Um, And so that's my starting place is from trying to understand from their point of view what it is that they're looking for in the relationship with us. Um, I'll also be looking at what's working, not working from our end with that stakeholder. And that'll be a focus for the conversations that I have with them. Um, So I'll I'll treat it as an inquiry,
0: if you like, to, to find out more about where they're coming from. So if I heard that correctly, Pete, what you're saying is you really work to understand your stakeholders' needs and wants. Um, and what they're looking to achieve, and then as alongside that, what's working within the team it to, in order to do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is there anything in particular that you do to understand those needs and wants?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, I always come back to the basic, uh, what is the relationship and the reason that we come together so that I can seek to understand their remit, their their influence over the, the clients that we work with. Um, but I will always um, take that approach of um, putting it out on the table that I'm really interested in what's working, not working. I'm interested in what they see as possible. And, and also I will outline to them the, the vision and what our focus is uh, within the workplace. So to to give you an example, um, I've done quite a lot of work with uh, victims of crime, uh, as I have working with the people that have perpetrated that crime. So in the victims of crime work, for me, it's about ensuring that we are, if you like, providing a trauma-informed service for victims of crime in order to meet their needs in a particular area, where you know, wherever that might be. So I'll always outline where I'm coming from, the people that I work with, and um, to set out what, what I and we are about so we have the foundations for which to have a conversation. And I would very much hope that that's something that then will very quickly lead into a conversation of, um, you know, how well we're doing in that aspect or where we went more. went you might need to improve so that would be my starting place
0: so what I heard uh, at a high level is setting the vision so you set the vision in terms of you know what what, it, what are you both broadly looking to achieve um, and then uh, start to really delve into what's working what's not working within that yeah yeah absolutely yeah and and what would you say Peter are the key benefits of doing that
1: uh, I think it's the basis when we approach from a, an open inquiry. Like I'm not walking into a conversation with um, any pre-assumptions about that. I'm creating an environment which is open to a dialogue. I'm I'm telling them what we're about and the direction and the the that we're taking with this service, which I would always hope is about best practice. Um, I'm very committed to to that in whatever field I'm working in, that it's it's leading edge, that it's aligned. So um, I think in that space, when it's an open inquiry, most people, even the most challenging of stakeholders, I find, will relax into that conversation and feel okay to say how it is. And whether that relates to me or my team's performance in the past or whatever it is, I'm firmly of the view that we can resolve issues, that we can work together if we've got the best interests of our, our clients um, at the forefront on the table.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, perfect, sense. What I'm hearing is that you uh, move into any conversation with some core principles, being no pre-assumptions, open inquiry, um, and, and that that is always informed by best practice, by wanting to be uh, at the cutting edge or the leading edge and then working to be sort of very much aligned across that. Yeah, most most definitely, yeah. You know, one of the things that I notice in working with my clients is they'll, they they... Uh, will want to move into a conversation in that way but at the same time they are needing to advocate for particular outcomes do you find yourself Peter having to think about how do I remain in open inquiry while still advocating for my team for the outcomes we're trying to achieve etc so actually I'll stop there and ask that question
1: Yeah, I don't have that too much at the forefront of my mind, I have have to say. Um, Most of the time, and and probably this says something about me, I can always see the space for change, always. Um, I can always see where we can improve our service delivery and get better at what we do. And maybe because Mm -hmm. I do so much work at the front end in developing um, high-performing teams and I seem to be on a constant cycle of uh, doing that, developing. But yeah, it's it's not something that I I approach with that kind of perspective, I guess. Is
0: there anything then in terms of other key challenges that you find as you go into those conversations?
1: Uh, yes, I think, uh, and I mentioned it before about not having any assumptions, but also, We've got to have regard for the history of where there have been challenging um, partnerships with external stakeholders. But I don't want that history to affect how I would go into it. And um, I'll always have those conversations with the team to try and clear the air of where they may have had difficulties with stakeholders in the past. I'm mindful of the challenges. I'm mindful that we're often coming from different political um, ways of understanding the issue and how you approach service with different client groups, Um, particularly now when I'm working directly with offenders, uh, not everyone agrees uh, with that approach. So I'm mindful of it. I try not to let that inform the conversation and I guess work through it and understand that we may have some different agendas but what is the agenda for us coming together? And what are the intersections of us working together rather than the external noise that might be around that? So I think first and foremost, that's got to be there for me and kind of a clearing, I guess. And it's a bit like that old, you know, where they say we're open up for new business under different management kind of thing. It's kind of like notwithstanding all the past history, um, I want to work with you, I want what's right, and you're an important person or a group for us to work with and build this relationship. And I find that settles, settles a lot of things, but I can't bring that past stuff
0: in. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, certainly uh, the, one of the mantras I think I'm often finding myself saying is people will not listen until they feel heard. You know, if you don't feel heard, then you're not as likely to hear another's perspective. And that's what I'm really hearing you talk to there.
1: Yeah, and I can think of a current situation with a, with a stakeholder at the moment who was quite very um, forthright with me in terms of uh, why the relationship had broken down with this particular area of work. And, um, you know, their viewpoint was um, you, you guys are a bunch of clowns. So um, from that basis, okay, tell me what that's been like for you. What's led to that? Okay, I can understand. So, But we can only work with now. We can't work with the past.
0: Yeah, what a beautiful example because what I'm hearing you say there is uh, you know, you're not kind of getting into a game of ping pong where someone's saying something and you're trying to counteract it or contradict it in any way. Instead, you're you're uh, letting that be and, and asking that person to share and actually demonstrating that you want to hear that person's perspective. Um, but I would suggest, I'm, I'm going to challenge slightly. One thing I'm hearing you here do in terms of advocating is you are still advocating for an outcome. You know, you're very clear in terms of, I, I want to get to an outcome, but I want to get to an outcome with you.
1: Oh, absolutely. My view is no matter what might have happened in the past or even sometimes what my own perception might have been in the past, um, it, it is about the outcome that we're working towards, which is in the best interests of the clients that we're here to serve. So spot on. It has to be working towards an outcome which is going to make a difference. And that is the approach I will take with every stakeholder, no matter who it is, focusing on that piece of work, but not at the expense of, you know, dumping on the people that I'm here to support or working with. It's about, okay, what can we do to make a difference? And how do we deal with that so it doesn't occur again? That's my view. Yeah,
0: great. And what I'm hearing there, Peter, is your creating an environment where you're putting the client or the issue or what you're trying to address in front of you and then sitting alongside your stakeholder and looking at that problem together.
1: Yeah, that's right. And then we can have a conversation, a bit of like clearing the space to be able to, okay, what do we need to do to move forward and and take actions? And I find that that clears the the way forward and, and I guess it is very much about psychological safety that they, they can trust me, that I can trust we will have a conversation if there's any difficulties to trust that they'll bring that back to myself and or my team to actually address rather than to let that, just leave that hanging. Yeah, great.
0: Okay, fabulous. I think that takes us nicely to then uh, are you happy to share three top tips for our listeners is they that they can take away and think about as they work to build psychological safety with their key internal and external stakeholders?
1: Yeah, so I, I think number one is you've got to understand your stakeholders and the reasons that they exist because they are always going to be coming from that perspective so you have to find common ground um, in that Um, Be open about what's um, working and not working and be open to hearing that from your stakeholders. And um, out of that, then I would say the final thing is look at what you can create together moving forward in that space. And I believe you can start that at any stage. So, it might be a stakeholder you've worked with for quite some time, but you should be able to come back and revisit it, see what how you're going, um, and including resolving conflict if you've had that along the way. So, yeah, I, I would say definitely understand your stakeholders, find that common ground, and then from that space, then create how you're going to work together.
0: Three great top tips. And what I'm hearing you say there is that you introduce that as a cadence, as a rhythm, something that you do on an ongoing basis with your stakeholders. Would that be true?
1: Absolutely. Relationships go up and down. Environments change. uh, New issues arise and you don't know how you're all going to react to that. So, yeah, you've got to constantly work at those relationships. Um, You can't ever just let them sit or
0: rest on your laurels. Peter Blood, thank you so much for being here today. Really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure.
0: Thank you, Sheila. You've just been listening to Series 3 of Psychological Safety in Teams podcast series with me, your host, Sheila Werry. If you've enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and go over to my website, eiexecutive.com dot com dot au, and there you'll find all the other episodes from series one two and three i wish you all the best